Our text is in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, the 55th verse. I'm going to start in verse 51. 1 Corinthians 15 and 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put off, put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass a saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for uh, all the many blessings you bestow upon us daily, for bringing us into this sign house. We thank thee especially for the promise of eternal life, for sending thy Son to bear away our sins, that we may have this eternal life. We just thank thee for thy kindness and mercy to us and plead thy great mercy that endureth forever. We pray for our pastor and his family. Keep your protective hands upon them and those that are with Brother and Sister Hilly and their family. Grant Brother Hilly's restoration of health. We pray for peace in Israel. We pray for peace in Jerusalem. We pray thy kingdom come. We pray for the work there in Romania and Brother and Sister and Yeti. Keep your protective hands upon them as well as us here also. Guide us in our endeavors to serve thee. Help us to worship thee in spirit and in truth. Grant us the seeing eye, the hearing ear. Grant me the words to speak. Help us to exalt the name of Christ above every name. For it's in the name of Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask. And amen. I've never really understood this passage quite like I would like to. And I was consulted some of the commentators and some of them had some good stuff some of them as the saying goes some of them took a coffee break the resurrection this is I think this is his last name was Lauren the resurrection will be a long anticipated victory it will be the climaxing part of redemption so far as the believer is concerned the victory was written in Isaiah 25 and 8. He will swallow up death in victory. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces. Death has caused more tears than any other human happening. When death is gone, the most potent source of tears will be gone. At present, both the process of death and the place of the grave are experiences that confront all men. While the experiences are the same, the effects of these experiences are not the same. All must experience death and the grave in the normal expectancy of life. Yet, for the Christian, death has no sting and the grave has no victory. It is true that it appears so because the Christian and the non-Christian suffer the same consequences of death and the grave. The Christian dies and the Christian is buried. 
but this is only relatively true. For there is a fact to be borne in mind. The fact is that resurrection will nullify death's present sting and make empty the grave's present victory. The question is asked, O death, where is thy sting? The word sting refers to an organic weapon belonging to such insects like bees. It is the same word used in Revelation 9 and 10, which speaks of an awesome brood of locusts which have stings in their tails. In the bee, the sting is a sharp organ of offense and defense connected with a poison gland and is used in wounding and inoculating its enemy with a poisonous secretion. When the honeybee strikes the enemy, we all know what happens. It loses its sting. It's a great illustration. This organ is left in the victim. It loses its stinger. It's lost its future effectiveness. The sting is gone, and that makes a lot of good sense. Death has lost its sting in the future sense. Out of Christ, death is still a penalty. In Christ, only the process of death continues while the penalty ceases. No Christian dies under the penalty of sin. As we know, Christ paid all our sins. Moving on. The resurrection gives a new meaning of life. It is no longer the frustration of life by death. What is the use of life if, it is, if its efforts and endeavors are nullified by death? It's, it doesn't end for the Christian. The answer is no use. The Christian has both a plan and progress. It's laid out on an eternal scale. Another commentator, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy victory? O death, where is thy sting? It's a challenging shout of triumph, glorying in the complete absence of evil, which is a good idea. Because, you see, if there's no evil, there's no death. When God created the heavens and the earth, he didn't create it to die. Uh, of course, he knew what would happen. He knew man would fall. As we know, death, nobody returns from the grave to tell us about it. Uh of course, many passages tell us about death. I'll look at Psalms 53 and verse 2. Psalms 53, 2. Uh, that's not the passage I was wanting. Psalms 53. Uh, that's that's. Uh, skip that. <laughs> moving, moving on. Hosea chapter thirteen, verse fourteen. It's in the Minor Prophets.
It's right after the book of Daniel, Hosea 13 and 14. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. He says, we know it was we, what we read there in First Corinthians is quoted here. I will ransom them from the power of the grave, or the footnote for word power is the hand of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. Final analysis, there won't be no... You know, the Lord's people are left in the grave. They'll be resurrected. As said, the resurrection is a long, will be a long-awaited victory and long-anticipated victory. The word in the Hebrew word for grave is Sheol, it's, which is not the grave, but a region which... We know from the account in Luke 16 of Lazarus and the rich man where the righteous believer's abode was until Christ ascended upon high. So like I say, there's no more penalty there. Death is figured, this is another commentator, I think this is Ironside, death is figured as a venomous serpent robbed of its poisonous fang. It, no longer, it's still a serpent, but he no longer had the fangs nor the means to kill with it. The strength of sin is the law. This is where I always didn't have the right understanding and probably still don't. We all, none of us know anything as we should, as scriptures tells us. The strength of sin is the law. Now, most people think we become righteous by keeping the law. You have imagined that the way to be holy is to be under the law. Have you ever tried living under the law? We can't do it. The law simply stirs up everything in the human heart that is opposed to God. It basically shows us we're a sinner in need of a Savior. The law condemns when we see that what the law really is, as Paul wrote in the book of Romans, that which I thought to be life I found to be unto death. You cannot make yourself holy by rules and regulations. Not even God's law given at Sinai was able to make man holy. But Christ did. Christ took the children into the promised land. Christ will be the one that grants us access into heaven. Going back to our text there in 1 Corinthians 15, where death is swallowed up in victory, and its final analysis is there in Revelation chapter 20, where it, death and hell are cast into the lake of fire. It'd be no more death. God doesn't like death. Christ never allowed it to reign. He broke up every funeral he went to. Nobody was permitted to die in his presence. Even himself, he gave up his life on the cross 
In the book of Isaiah, the 45th chapter, the 18th verse, it tells us he created the heaven and the earth not in vain, not a place of chaos, not a wasteland, created to be inhabited. We think about the creatures that prey upon dead bodies, ants, vultures, many other hyenas. God put them there for a reason, that death would not leave its constant reminders. In the Old Testament law, there was a requirement for one, even if they was beside somebody that died suddenly, like immediately, and they touched them, they were considered unclean. That's in Numbers 6 and 9. Many will tell you that the resurrection is at death from the body. Well, 2 Corinthians tells us to be absent from the body is to be present from, with the Lord. If you look through Scripture, God does not seem to have much of a care for death. However, we know in Psalms 116, verse 15, that death is precious because there's a lot of other reasons, I guess. His, his redeemed are with him. That's Psalms 116 and verse 15. I'll go read it rather than misquote it like I usually do. Psalms 116, verse 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. At the death of his saints, and if you look back, starting in the book of Genesis, the, the righteous, it tells of their death. If you look at Sarah, She's about the only person I believe it's her age is given and she's the first one to be buried in the promised land. The Old Testament saints and patriarchs it tells of their death, but the wicked like Cain, we read nothing of their death. We read nothing of the death of Jacob's father-in-law. And there's many others. They were wicked unbelievers. We read nothing of their death. Christ said in Mark, Mark chapter 12, when they shall arise from the dead, just one particular place. That tells me that him being the word, there's going to be a resurrection. Ecclesiastes 12 and 7 tells us, the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. And if you look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3 it tells us about the things that God does nothing can be put to it and are taken from it so once he creates one they're forever a lot of things that seem mysterious to us but those things are true in the word of God in uh, Isaiah chapter 26 <clears throat> Isaiah 26 and verse 19. Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body. 
They shall arise. Awake. Sing, ye that dwell in the dust. If one dwells in the dust, we were made from the dust. For thy dew is as a dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. And of course, we know what Job said. In his body, he would see his Redeemer. And that's the, there's only one Redeemer, that's Jesus Christ. That's in the book of Job, the 19th chapter. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, verse 25, Job 19, and he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though that my reins be consumed within me. But ye should say, Why persecute him, seeing the root of the matter is not found in me? Be ye afraid of the sword, for wrath bringeth punishment of, of the sword, that ye may know that there is a judgment. Yes, there's others that die that do, do not have the same hope that the Christian has. Daniel wrote about the latter days. I think in the very last chapter of the book of Daniel Daniel chapter 12 if I can find it Daniel chapter 12 verse 2 and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt the grave will be no victory for the Christian. Now, interesting thing. We know only God can create man. Why does he? Why is he so intent on having abortion and cloning both? I mean, if one's true, why do you want the other? Which we know they're trying to rules what they're really trying to do. But cloning is. is and abortions for population control are probably the reason they come up with COVID. Stem cell research is growing body parts. Basically, they, they want to control the population of those below them, and they want to prolong their life. In Ezekiel, it talks about the death of the wicked. God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Even though the Almighty created death, it doesn't say that he enjoys it. That's in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 27. It's no victory. I mean, only the person can get glory out of it would be God. He gave man the recipe for eternal life. Repent and believe. Ezekiel 18, verse 27. Well, let's start in verse 26. When a righteous man turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity and doth 
dieth in them for his iniquity that he hath done shall he die again when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness that he hath committed and doeth that which is lawful and right he shall save his soul alive it's plain as day because he considereth and turneth away from all his transgressions which he hath committed he shall surely live he shall not die of course, we also know the fact is man's dead and trespasses in sin and cannot do anything and cannot repent unless God grants it. Therefore, will I judge you? I will judge you, O house of Israel, every one according to his ways, saith the Lord. Repent and turn yourselves from all your transgressions, so inequity shall not be your ruin. And Christ is the only answer for that. Because if we was saved and had to keep ourselves in that state with sinless, we would fall, we'd fail. Plain and simple, death is not God's fault, but thanks be to God, he gives Christ the Redeemer. The answer is repent and turn away. It was the answer then, as we read there in verse 30. It's the answer today, as we read oftentimes in Luke chapter 13. But as I said, there's also the death of the wicked. Ezekiel 24 and 13. Since we're in the book of Ezekiel. In thy filthiness is lewdness, because I have purged thee, and thou wast not purged. What was the problem? They disobedient that they wouldn't wouldn't obey God's law. They wouldn't obey His word. Because I have purged thee, and thou wast not purged, thou shalt not be purged from thy filthiness any more. Till I have caused my fury to rest upon thee. In one place in Samuel the house of Eli, his sons, the wicked priests that they were, would never be purged. Their wickedness would never be purged. It's a terrible state to be in. Isaiah chapter 22. Not Proverbs. Isaiah chapter 22, verse 10. And ye have numbered the houses of Jerusalem, and the houses have ye broken down to fortify the wall. Ye made a, also a ditch between the two walls for water from an old pool, but ye have not looked into the maker thereof, neither had respect unto him that fashioned it long ago. And in that day did the Lord of hosts, Lord God of hosts call to weeping and to mourning and to baldness and to girding with sackcloth. Called them to repent. And behold, joy and gladness, slaying oxen. This is what they did. Instead of repenting and mourning, they had slaying of oxen and gladness, and killing sheep, eating flesh and drinking wine. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we shall die. They would not 
obey his word. And it was revealed in mine ears, saith the Lord of hosts, Surely this inequity shall not be purged from you till you die, saith the Lord God of hosts. Now, we're sinners saved by the grace of God. But what about those in the abortion mills? Can you call them what they are and the wickedness? In our country, America, is the world's leading exporter in arms. And the kind of arms that I'm talking about is the kind that wipes out a lot of humanity. All for money, all for greed. We, we know well about these things. Inequity shall not be purged until there's death of the one that shed the innocent blood. That's the way it would appear to me. Back to our text. First Corinthians chapter 15. This is, of course, what we call the rapture. Some call it the snatching of the way. It's going to happen in a moment. The batting of an eye. We're told if there be, in verse 13, but if there be no resurrection from the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and ye are yet in your sins. So many ways we see that we ought to thank God daily, every breath we have for our Lord and Savior. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? As said, the, the wicked can't say that. Death indeed still has its penalty, but it's a, it only continues till we see our Lord and Savior to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And of course, we know that we have the promise of the glorified body. Christ died in our place to grant us this great victory. And rightly does it say, and there we'll close, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ.